Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Chapo was in the weeds on every level of his. He didn't delegate. He wanted to know, where is the plane coming from? Where is the landing strip? And I thought... Can't you go retire to Dubai? No, you can't. Because first of all, you're you're wanted anyway. And second of all, you were this little boy selling oranges on the street with you penniless. So it's all he knows that validates his ego and all that other stuff. And I assume the same concept must apply to the women, that it's all they know. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. She's the glamorous wife of caged Sinaloa cartel boss Joaquim El Chapo Guzman and the mother of their two kids. And she's just been freed from jail to start her new life without him. Emma Coronel Espuro sat loyally by his side as her husband was jailed in the US and condemned to a supermax prison for the rest of his life for a litany of violent drug crime and trafficking and a horrendous murder count. So what will the 31-year-old do now that she's all alone in Los Angeles after serving just two years for helping El Chapo distribute billions of dollars worth of drugs in America? Should she have served a longer sentence or was she just a headline for US authorities in their war on drugs? Today, I'm talking with journalist and author Douglas Century, whose best-selling book Hunting El Chapo traces the life of the most famous narco in the world. He tells me about the former beauty queen and how she will now have to cash in on her famous name if she wants the luxury lifestyle she once enjoyed. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Emma Coronel has been released from jail after a very short period of time in incarceration. And I think her... Husband, the Mexican drug lord Joaquim El Chapo Guzman, has written a letter to a judge looking for her to come and see him. Um, I suppose, first of all, where is he and how is he getting on since we last heard from him in the Brooklyn courtroom when he was jailed for an immense amount of time? 
Yeah, he's got hundreds of years, and he's in the Florence Supermax, which is, uh, they call it the Alcatraz of the Rockies. That's in uh, Florence, Colorado. It is the worst prison to be in. It's where they put everybody. With John Gotti, the mafioso was there, terrorist uh, convicts. And he is suffering from psychological torture, he claims, 23 hours a day in a solitary confinement, uh, only exercise alone in a small room. So he's not doing well and he doesn't have visitors. So yeah. I don't think, I think for compassionate reasons, he'd like that, but his sons can't come. The little, the little, tw- the little girl, the the twins who Emma has, uh, uh, t- technically, I guess they could come visit, but I think they're denying him all visitation. This is pretty hardcore, Douglas, isn't it? I mean, no matter where you sit, I mean, from a human rights point of view, he is El Chapo Guzman, the head of the Sinaloa cartel. But 23 hours a day for a human being to be locked up in solitary. He gets out for a little bit of a meal. Is that it? Uh, I think his meals are all in his room. He just gets a little exercise time and he has not seen the sun uh, in the in the years since he was, was it 2019. He has not seen the sunlight. So, yes, I mean... It sounds grim and and human rights organizations like Amnesty International have said this is not uh, appropriate punishment. It's what the U.S. does when especially look, he's escaped from prison twice. So uh, but yeah, this is there. I think there's only 400 inmates there and it's it is the grimmest place you could probably do time. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a favor of uh, the the solitary confinement for such a long period of time. I don't I don't doubt he's going through psychological torture it it must be horrible and i don't i think only pre-recorded there is a television but everything has to be pre-recorded so it's screened i mean they're very concerned with him him still trying to run his cartel from the inside passing messages but uh you know ireland ireland you understand very well you know the history of uh brutal incarceration and it's uh yeah i guess you have to feel i mean you have to feel a little compassion for the guy i mean He's been responsible for the most horrific litany of crimes and murders and uh, made millions on the backs of uh, the destruction he's caused to Mexico. Uh, So that's why the US have chosen to incarcerate him in this way. His wife, Emma Coronel, was jailed for three years and she has been released after her sentence was reduced. So she's walked out as glamorous as she kind of walked in. What what went on there? I, I didn't know you could get sort of beauty treatments and stuff in prison. She didn't do really hard time. Uh, and look, she was never, if you follow the narco world, you know, there's let the legendary Griselda, you know, the, the godmother of she she was the young wife, the third young wife. Uh, he married her when she was just a teenager. He met her and um, she was never a narco. I mean, she was never a boss. So, uh, yes, they have an indictment. I have it in front of me. It's kind of silly. She was involved with passing some of the messages. You know, she was not actively, uh, as far as I know from my sources, uh, in, involved in the intimate details. But, you know, feds, uh, the way the U.S. prosecutors work, they like headlines. So when you can take down, if you took down a wife of some guy you've never heard of, but you take down the wife of Chapo Guzman. Uh, and by the way, I mean, it, it sounded strange when you heard she just got arrested in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Dulles Airport. I thought, was she so stupid? She has a U.S. dual citizenship. I said, was she she's so stupid? What, was she going on a shopping trip or going to get lip fillers or something? No, no, she turned herself in. Like, it hasn't really been truthfully reported. A, a plea was worked out. She came and turned herself in to get less time. So it was all arranged. And I think she did it in a in a facility that was not exactly 
where her husband is doing time. I don't know if she got beauty treatments, but she certainly didn't do hard, hard time. And part of what she asked the judge at the time of her sentencing was to sort of think about her daughters. And those twins were born in America. So as they had, that was a kind of, uh, seemed to have been uh, orchestrated. So as they had that US citizenship. But going back to her and her, her um, significance. And I mean, look, if I was her, right, for a start, I just wouldn't bother with him. I think I'd park him and move on with my life. <laughs> you know, he's never going to get out. I wouldn't imagine he's ever going to be a consequence to her again. But I suppose he is one individual and behind him is this vast organization that has continued to operate, of course, under his sons in Mexico. So he does have a lot of people on the outside with huge loyalties to him. And presumably she does have to remain loyal to him to, to an extent. Well, also remember her father, Ines uh, Cornell, was a narco, was a boss of his own operation. So it's, you know, I talked to a source yesterday. It's all they know. These these people come, she comes from a place called Durango, which is right next to Sinaloa. She's just a little country, a country girl. So I don't, this is the only thing that gave her any kind of stature. Uh, So I think, yeah, she'll move on with her life, I assume. But that's all she's known for. I mean, she, he swept her off her feet. It's a really kind of disgusting image. He's 47, 48 years old. She's 16, 17. And by the way, it wasn't some glamorous Miss World. It was like, you know, the local ranch uh, <laughs> beauty contest. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a thing for very, very young girls. I mean, it's very young girls. By the way, this is, it's bigamy or, or, or trigamy, whatever you call it. <laughs> He's he, never he divorced. He was still married. Ah. He's got, he has, he has three wives. Uh, he doesn't go through divorce proceedings. So he's first wife and he has sons by, by her. His second wife, he has sons by her. And now Emma is the third wife. She has no connection. The, the, the other sons, so that you've probably heard about them, you know, Ovidio and Alfredo, they're the ones running the, 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 their own drug operation. They don't have any loyalty to her. They're the, they're, 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 Mother is uh, the other wife. So she really has no stature. I don't, I mean, her doing this time was really basically for, she did facilitate his escape a bit. She passed messages, but um, I think, you know, she, she probably regrets it in a way, but I think she's marketed some kind of, uh, she's got some trademark with his name and she'll probably just try to live off the Chapo brand. Yeah, because during his trial, of course, she sat there, uh, very loyally in the courtroom. Um, I think she was photographed almost each day in different outfits going in. Um, you know, she was very much by his side at that. And after the trial, she kind of made a bit of herself, didn't she? A bit of a celebrity. She started to kind of create her own brand, which was, I mean, that's something maybe we should discuss. And the idea that these criminals like you know, for a long time in Mexico, obviously, they have be, been sort of celebrities and sort of politicians and the types of people that they write songs about. But in America, that's sort of bringing it to the States. What was the um, the attitude of her going on a reality show and becoming this sort of creature of the Internet? You know, I talked to a very a, a top boss, a source uh, who worked um, I don't want to name him right now, but he, he worked very closely with El Chapo. He, he did his time in the States. Uh, and he said, look, as a boss, the last thing you want to do is involve your wife 
You, you really want to compartmentalize that. Of course, they know the money's coming in. This is one of the silly things in the affidavit or the unsealed indictment, actually, is that uh, she she knew that the, the lifestyle she was living was ill-gotten gains. Well, of course she did. She knows who her, she knows who she married. But um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you think of two names that kind of ring a bell with the average Joe, it would be Escobar and Chapo. You know, mm. as far as narcos, there are other guys. There's El Mencho. There's other guys. Uh, just you know, you've been writing so much about these names, Kinahan. But that doesn't that doesn't ring a bell. These are kind of like brands. So in the hip hop world, people say I'm El Chapo, and you know, uh, in the dancehall reggae word world, I hear El Chapo. So yeah, I mean, you know, her husband doing doing hundreds of years. She has no other source of income that I know of. So she'll go on a reality show, which is what uh, mafioso wives and and uh, snitches seem to do now when they're broke. <laughs> like I always ask, who who's a who's a guy in the a made member of a crime family that would go on? And a, a friend of mine, Staten Island is the is the uh, ground zero of all the mafia. You know, the Italian mafia lives there. The the uh, Soviet Jewish mafia that I wrote about. And I said to a friend, why why would people do those shows? He goes, Well, if we're in Staten Island, you, you just know that means you're broke. <laughs> I give no money. That's the only reason, because it's as you well know, because you're a top crime reporter. Gangsters are supposed to live in the shadows. You really can't yes. be on a television television show. But uh, yeah, I think this branding of certain criminal names. I mean, I just mentioned Escobar, but you can go back to Al Capone or John Gotti, and you know these are celebrated in hip hop. They're celebrated in you know in Polish hip hop. I've heard these names, so it's global. Uh, the Gambino. I mean, you know, I was in Israel. You asked me the other day, and I, I was walking past uh, in Tel Aviv. It was just a, a very strange. It was an eyeglass chain, and their name was Gambino. And I was like, yeah. well, they just branded themselves like because it was an Italian name of a crime family. So we celebrate these criminals in a weird way because I guess it's the rags to riches story, maybe the Robin Hood of it. But um, Going back to Emma Cornell and her introduction to El Chapo Guzman, I'm getting the impression from you reading between the lines somewhat. Uh, you know, this is a local beauty pageant. Um, she is the daughter of a narco and he is an older narco that kind of is probably the celebrity at this beauty pageant. Are these things almost organized for them? Was she almost groomed through her familial connections Firstly, and then through her marriage to El Chapo, had she an option otherwise or was she somebody because of her, because she was a female born into that, that she was almost groomed to be what she is today? Well, I I learned quite a bit about this from my source yesterday, who's a Mexican American. And I said, so was this a way to kind of cement the relationship between her father's? And he said, no. I mean, the guy's a boss in his own right, Emma's father. He doesn't need that connection. Uh, it, It really was. She's a young beauty. Chapo happened to be there. And he really likes young girls. So, I mean, I think he he orchestrated that she would win. I mean, that's the story. And then I think he put her up for some. I mean, she's a good looking. She was a good looking young woman that I'll tell you something that's really disgusting. It came out at trial and it has been reported. I reported it in the book I co-authored, Hunting El Chapo. But uh, 17 is kind of old for him. I mean, he went for girls as young as 14. You know, it's really disgusting. Um, So young, young women are um, his thing. So he basically was attracted to her youth and yeah. I'm sure her, her father didn't object because it was, uh, you know, hey, marry him. He's got a lot of money. And that's this is a kind of 
bizarre alternate universe that these people live in. I mean, a normal father would probably say, don't marry a gangster, but. <laughs> yes, I suppose they're used to it and it's part of their, their sort of their childhood has been surrounded by these people. It's in no way, um, you know, different to them. It's, it's what she has always seen and probably the money as well and that wealth and all the rest of it that is cited in the indictment against her. It's probably something she was always used to being surrounded with. Um, is there too much being made of her release or is it just, you know, in an effort again by media maybe to use the the, the reams of photographs there are of her at various Ray-Bans? It, well, yeah, well, when you contacted me to be on your show, I was like, well, you know, oh gosh, she's, people are released from prison every day. Why are we talking about her? She's a non-entity in the narco world in terms of uh, power, or, or but she's got a famous name. <laughs> so prosecutors love to go after people that have that, you know, that headline factor. Uh, I think they, you know, I think the feds did, the, the U.S. feds, the DEA and the Justice Department did see her as a possible um conduit to him continuing to run his empire were she allowed visits okay hypothetically were she allowed visits or phone contact with him in florence colorado yes she could potentially be a, a an active player as a messenger as a go-between as she did in the escape she really did help relay but i think all she did in the escape was to help uh, help in the sense of uh if 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 chapo said well how far along is the whatever code they used for tunnel, how far along is it? She would pass along, you know, he's getting impatient. Where are you? Um, I, I, yeah, I think we're, we're just, it's if you heard about Kim Kardashian or. or uh, I think the thing is that women, women characters within the world, the underworld are absolutely interesting because, you know, some would believe that they get away with a lot because they're, they're women and, and women aren't seen as having a particular role in that world. I noticed from, uh, some reports recently by Europol, the European Police Agency, there is a suggestion that women are actually have heavier roles in these gangs than people often believe. And, and it's not just the men who are facilitating all this crime. Um, so in a way, you know, she's got her two years. If she was a man that was in any way connected to the Sinaloa cartel, I would imagine she'd be doing a hell of a lot more years than two in the United States. Yeah. But I mean, again, you know, if you go back to Griselda Blanco, the, the, the infamous Black Widow, that was a woman who was a top narco, who, you know, killed her own husbands. And, you know, it, these are there are women who have had stature and it just depends on the personality type. But, you know, just the age gulf. I mean, she's she's yeah groomed as a young teen to marry this man. All I think he loved her. Like, can a, can a sociopathic, psychopathic personality love? Yeah. I mean, he loves his children. I mean, he loves those the, 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 the girls, I'm sure there was some real emotion but again i'll have to say uh, this is a man who the source i was talking to was asked hey can you bring me some of these young puerto rican girls you know uh, i love the black and puerto rican girls from chicago can you bring them down to, to i mean you know 13 14 and the the source i says no I, I just won't do that i mean it's almost normal but uh, that was his thing so i mean she was the trophy wife i guess in in a, in a, in a sense of the word um do they have power? I think I think for women like yourself, there must be just this mystification with why would you want that life? You know, there's a dead end. There's Your husband's going to die or go to prison. He's going to be on the run for the rest of his life. What's in it? I mean, as a woman, don't you kind of wonder why did you choose that? Well, I think I think a lot of women that uh, start connecting with 
say drug dealers on the streets and that that's their way out sometimes of poverty and of having no other kind of means that they can see of dragging themselves out of that situation to wealth, to wealth, to riches, to sometimes they aren't educated and this is it. You get pregnant, you have a child and you're, they see it as that they're paid for for the rest of their days. Um, you know, and obviously there's always the thing that they, they, they seem to accept that the men have a number of different women. They accept a lot of physical violence um, and they see that they're still on a winner because they are the main woman and they have a home they have holidays and Labutan shoes i'm not even sure she was the main woman though because remember when he when he escaped the first time 2014 through the safe house tunnels there was a woman with him and it turned out she was a local uh they called her la diputada a local official in uh in the sinaloa uh parliament basically so i mean he was living with every woman that came through the door so I'm not even sure she was, you know, she had stature because of the children. This is the way they kind of work. I mean, these guys do value their children, um, but they see them as an extension of themselves. I think that's particularly a sociopathic or a narcissistic thing. Yeah. And, the you know, he grew, he definitely, uh, well, grooming has a new, word, a new meaning, but he definitely uh, tutored his sons to take over the, the organization. Uh, but the women, you know, Mexico is still quite a macho society. So uh, I, with at least with this within the Sinaloa group, the drug trafficking organizations there, I haven't heard of powerful women uh, really mm. holding their own. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a she. she Are the mothers more powerful than the women or the lovers? Well, the first it was Griselda. I think her name was the first uh, wife of Chapo. The one uh, he had a son uh, that uh, Edgar, who was going to be the heir apparent, and was gunned down in in uh, Culiacan, the, the capital. And uh, my, my my DEA sources said when they went to the home of Griselda on a raid, they were like, "Wow, you know, she really was granted the most respect of all the wives." And she would actually boss him around sometimes and say, hey, you're not taking care of this. You're not taking care of that. So uh, but Jack, that was the first wife. So it's, it's, a, it's a really strange. It's such an alternate universe for me when I start thinking about why. Like I asked my source yesterday, why would he continue to do it? Like, why does a narco who's got billions? And and the guy said to me, it's all he knows how to do. And it's the thing that got him out of poverty. And he enjoyed it. Like continuing to run that he Chapo was in the weeds on every level of his. He didn't delegate. He wanted to know where is the plane coming from? Where is the landing strip where he because and I thought he said, you know, can't you go retired to Dubai? No, you can't, because first of all, you're, you're wanted anyway. And second of all, this is the thing that gave you you were this little boy selling oranges on the street with you penniless. So it's all he knows that validates his ego and all that other stuff. And I assume the same concept must apply to the women, that it's all they know. This is what okay. gave them. And I think to try and understand those worlds that we delve into, and we only delve in and we're always outsiders in them, you have to try and park all your own morals and your own, you know, senses to yep. begin to understand it a little bit. You can't take any of yourself with you into the realms of trying to understand it because we are just different. That's just the nature of it. Um, just to go on to, and, and we could, we'll finish up on this, but I haven't, you might know yourself, what is happening with the Chapitos and the Sinaloa in Mexico? Um, the last we were talking, there had been a bit of a shootout with the army and the police and the, the sons of El Chapo had 
very embarrassingly escaped and there'd been a lot of people killed, um, including military personnel in Mexico. Yeah, that was uh, Ovidio, the, which uh, raton, in, which means uh, not rat, actually, it means mouse. He looks like a mouse. <laughs> so the mouse, they, he shot it out, they, he escaped, but then he was actually captured. Remember, it, it was a big shootout. Yes. Tried to, and he was, he was also extradited to the United States. I think he'll do his time. They said, ultimately, I don't know where he is currently, but I think ultimately he could end up in the exact same prison with his father, but they will never see each other. They'll be on different floors and they'll have no contact. And that that's an irony. But there was a, there's a power struggle. There's Chapitos. So there's four key sons. So three of them are still active. And then there's Mayo Zambada, who was Chapo's co-equal, who's a man now in his 60s. They don't get along. Uh, but And then there's Mencho. There's another group, the uh, Jalisco cartel. So the... Um, the war between the sons is really just there's a vacuum, you know, uh, the sons are not fighting each other. They're they're fighting for I like to call them because the feds in the States uses DTOs, drug trafficking organizations. They're not really one big cartel, with a hierarchical answering structure. They're all independent organizations. So the sons have theirs. Mayo has his. There's different groups. They use the same smuggling routes or plazas, and they don't undercut each other's prices. But um, you can't think of it as a huge corporation like, you know, Ford or, or uh, uh, you know, Apple. <laughs> it's not kind of, it's just an umbrella group of different trafficking organizations. And, you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. So I guess so does drug trafficking. The, the U.S. And the, and, the, and the European appetite for cocaine is going to be, it's, as long as there's a, uh, a demand, the supply will be there. So the, the, the guys who are more powerful now are the Nueva Generación de Jalisco. Let me see if I said that right. The new generation of Jalisco uh, actually have a lot. They're, they're the guys that you hear about uh, the murders in Cancun in the resorts. So they've really stepped in. But Sinaloa is the heart of drug trafficking just because it was, it was the original place where they grew marijuana. It, it's got this long culture, you know, Mexican marijuana coming through there, long culture of smuggling routes. And as long as they have a supply from South America, they will continue, I think, to be a, the dominant force. Um, and there's interesting information here in Europe as well that they are starting to sort of, well, I mean, they have been, you know, there have been members, I suppose, of the grouping here to look after the sales, but that they are looking at Europe now and the, you know, fentanyl, because we don't oh, yeah. really have a problem with that yet. It's more than likely coming. The warning signs are there. But there is worrying kind of indications in Belgium, where the main ports are in the Netherlands, that there is a, a lot of Mexican activity um, and that they are really eyeing up Europe as their next market. Well, one of the things Chapo was very good at is he just didn't stick to cocaine, any drug that uh, the, the U.S. wanted. So when when uh, methamphetamine, whatever it may have been, but when fentanyl, you know, and this is this is a crazy story because the Chinese precursor drugs get into Mexico very easily. China has no interest in stopping it because they're basically at a cold war with the U.S. So I, I asked my, uh, my 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 nephew who's worked in China, he goes, why would China shut down these labs? I mean, they, they, they have no good relations with the U.S. So as long as the U.S., uh, the huge opioid crisis, you know, and if you think it's just affecting sort of junkies, well, no, Tom Petty 
and and Prince, they overdosed on fentanyl that they thought was they they're pressed up to look exactly like legitimate pharmaceuticals, right? So I I see no reason why it wouldn't flood Europe because I mean I don't know maybe you guys don't have the the opioid crisis quite yet uh, of you know people addicted to painkillers. It often starts with mom or dad having a legitimate prescription because they have a bad knee from playing football or rugby or whatever. And then the kids go into the medicine chest and have a couple and pretty soon they're, they, uh, they've stolen a bit and now they get street drugs. But it's it's a thousand times or in some places uh, a thousand times stronger than morphine, you know, and it's horrible overdoses. San Francisco, by the way, right now I just heard the San Francisco in the bars and clubs, they have little strips. You, so if you bought some cocaine or you bought some, you can in the bathrooms test it if it goes blue or whatever color. Oh, it's fentanyl. Don't take it. The city is providing that just because the overdoses are just rampant with kids who aren't trying to kill themselves. They just didn't realize how strong the drug was. So I would assume it's going to get in through Antwerp, any any big, uh, you know, port, Liverpool. It could get into anywhere in the in the that's got shipping, and it just really needs to to find its way into the supply lines because, of course, Dublin does have a huge problem with tablet sales, and more strikingly, Belfast uh, and the North, and probably you know, going back to the troubles and all the trauma that people suffered. Um, huge problem with with tablets taking of any sorts up there, um, you know, street tablets. And that's, of course, where it is going to filter through. So it is definitely the warning signs are there. And it's it's scary that that is coming next while we are fully concentrated on cocaine um, because that seems to be the only show in town. for the Oh, moment. by the way, but, just to, I just want to get one point in about about the son of video, uh, the mm. mouse. He was just the poster child the U.S. needed because they they all the busts said fentanyl kingpin. And it was a time when Joe Biden and and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada were going down to meet. And they, you know, it, it, you know, it's all political to me. It's just a joke. Yes. You know, they need to put a face like we've busted. I mean, there's probably 100 guys as big as him in Mexico. I mean, it's very easy to to stir up these chemicals and press them up. It's a very cheap, simple, simple thing. And But they, you know, law enforcement needs to kind of act like they're doing something for the problem. When to me, the problem is the people taking it. It's a medical of problem. Course. And it's underlying a health issue, isn't it? And, you know, nobody really wants to pump the money into that to try. No, and, um, a lot easier, a lot easier to, to play whack-a-mole, you know, like you do at the circus, you know, or you're at the at the arcades and, and smash one guy down. It looks like you're doing something, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, with all these drug stories, your your cocaine stories, you've been so great breaking. It, it's the users. It's, it's, the, it's the demand. People are always going to. If they want to get high, someone's going to supply them. You can take out the Kinahan guys that some guy's going to... I don't know if they've moved... Somebody else in, in Ireland has moved into the breach. But, uh, you know, if you take out the entire structure of an organized crime group that's supplying, someone else is going to do it, no? And they have a course. I mean, the, the supply and the demand hasn't changed. It's just the, the people at the top of the tree have sort of, you know... They've just changed over a little bit. Well, Douglas Sentry, author of Hunting El Chapo, thank you very much... We'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. I hope so. Thank you, Nicole. You have the best podcast, at least on European crime, the out there, true crime. <laughs> so I love listening. Great. I love listening. Um, thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, 
leave us a review or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.